Guess what? We are in season seven of the Iron Woman podcast. I'm Rosalie, and I really like Crave Jerky pink flavor. Also, it's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes. It's raining tacos, yum, 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 it's like a dream. Also, we couldn't do this without our sponsors, Wahoo Fitness, After C Nutrition, and Smash Fest Queen. And now, the ladies you've been waiting for, Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chura. Bye for now. Welcome back. I think this is like one of the weeks I've been the most excited to talk to you and hear all of the things. But first, tell our listeners, where are you right now? Where in the world is Haley Chura? So right now I am actually in or near Palm Springs, California, um, near Indian Wells, because I came directly from the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit presented by Triathlete Magazine, which happened last weekend in Tempe. I came directly to Palm Springs last night to get ready for Ironman 70.3 Indian Wells this weekend. So crazy pro triathlete life this week. This is not normally how my life is, but I'm kind of enjoying it. It's beautiful here, here, Alyssa. I can't wait for you to get here and, you know, enjoy some of these, like today was like 71 and I was swimming outside in this outdoor pool and it was incredible. It was so beautiful. So it's a cool place. Have you ever been here? I have not. No. And honestly, I didn't even really understand where it was until I had to change my flight from (laughs) um, last week to this week so that I could make it for Indian Wells instead of Challenge Baja. And so then I was looking at the map trying to figure out exactly where I needed to go. But luckily it was, I fly into the same airport in San Diego. So that's, that's helpful. But I've seen pictures and I think there's like an HGTV show out there, right? Like maybe Desert Flippers or something. Desert desert flipper, Flipper Flop. I saw that when I was in Waco because I had cable and I was watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Palm Springs. And it's like the mountains, like you're in the desert. You're in this, this is where Coachella, that music festival is. Oh. I never knew that. It's like Coachella <laughs> Valley. And then I obviously don't go to many music festivals, but there's like all these mountains around and you're like in the desert. It's beautiful. And I think this time of year is very nice here. So the real question is, are you structuring your race schedule around HGTV shows? Like where, where what's you're next? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I know I did Waco for Fixer Upper, Palm Springs for Desert Flippers. I don't know what other shows are there. I mean, oh, wait, what about the Property Brothers are always up in Canada or New Orleans? They do the one in New Orleans. So maybe I'll have to go do that back to Or House Hunters Caribbean Life. You could just, you know, Island House needs to send you an invite, clearly. (laughs) They need to resurrect their race and send me an invite. I know, exactly. No, it's going to be a great race this weekend. But I am buzzing about this past weekend in Tempe, Arizona with the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. Alyssa, you were so missed. Everyone asked me, you know, because they were like, wait, why is she not, Baja's not happening? And I was like, I think it was a lot to reschedule all of your flights and everything, but you were definitely missed. People do not enjoy me quite as much without you. (laughs) It's funny that now we're like a package deal. I love it. It was, it was just, honestly, it was, it was too much to switch everything when Baja was canceled, you know, expenses, kind of energy management and just mental game kind of was just, it was going to be too much. And it was just one of those things I had to unfortunately not do, even though I wanted to be there because I knew it was going to be this resounding success. And I knew that you guys were going to come out of this so pumped to make change and like get some like momentum started with women in triathlon. And I can tell you that from the outside watching Haley, Everything I have seen across all the social medias has been so exciting. This was really just such a good job that you guys gave us some little tidbits here and there to at least make us feel like we could see some of what was going on. And it just looked like every single picture I saw of a breakout session or of a speaker or something, everyone looked so engaged. People were paying attention. People were writing notes. People were asking questions, it seemed like. So I'm just really excited to get to hear more of exactly 
kind of what went down. I want to hear about the swim workout on Saturday. I want to hear everything. Yeah, it was a special event. I'm so glad I got to be part of it. And it was, I mean, congratulations to Sarah Gross, our producer here at Live Feisty Media, and then Lisa Ingerfield from Shift Sports, who co-founded the summit. And they just pulled off an amazing event. And their team, when you talk about the social media and the pictures you saw, you know, that is Ashley Wiles and Jessica Cooper and Alicia Allen and Glenda from F2C Nutrition, who, uh, you know, really were behind the scenes helping them pull it off. And they did an amazing job. And the speakers were such a wide range. I mean, they kind of set it up where it was, you know, past, present, future. And so we got to hear from Julie Moss and, you know, the woman who in 1982 crawled across the Kona finish line and caught it on TV. And we got to hear about that. And then we got to hear about, you know, what she did in 2017 when she went to Kona and she DNF'd and then coming back in 2018. And, and it was just, I mean, it was really cool. We got to hear from Sally Edwards, who was in her seventies now and was the fourth woman ever to finish the Ironman. And then, you know, we got to hear from people from stars from the present, you know, Rachel Joyce was there and she was talking about, she is multi-time Ironman champion, has been second in Kona. And she's talking about, you know, the state of travel and even just in her career, how she's seen things change. And it was interesting because she did kind of echo Meredith Kessler's sentiments that she thinks for pros, it is harder now to get sponsorship dollars. And that's fascinating to hear both her and you know, Rachel and Meredith, who are two, you know, they've double digit number wins and they say it's hard. It's hard now. And Meredith, another one, she, her opening keynote address was excellent as always. I mean, her perspective on the sport is, is incredible. It's one of why she's one of our most popular iron women podcast episodes, because, you know, she talked about, her successes and then also her failures. And it's really healthy for us to think about failure, I think, and, you know, how we learn from failure and, and then everything from that to Stacey Sims, you know, who is, I believe still our reigning number one, most downloaded podcast episode here on iron women was our episode a year ago with Stacey Sims, um, exercise physiologist and who talks about women's hormones. And she talked about the science of women, female athletes and, I mean, that one, I took pictures of the slides and I'm still going through those because the information is so valuable and it's hard to find. So yeah, it's, there was a lot. (laughs) And so now Haley, what we're going to do today for our listeners is we have taken, I think four, right? So we have four interviews for people to listen, to hear some snapshots of the summit and kind of people that were there as speakers or people that were kind of just involved in the summit in some way or another. And we're going to set those up for our listeners just so you can kind of get an idea of, again, of the range of people that were there. But Haley, I'd realized I almost let you off the hook before you told us about the swim workout. So (laughs) tell, tell us about the swim workout. How many people came and swam? Did you swim with people? Were you on deck coach? I think I saw a picture of you on deck, so I'll spoil that for people. But what was, I mean, I think there are people who might come out to Tempe next year just to be able to swim a workout from Haley Chura. So tell us what, what people did. Oh my gosh. Yes. I thought I was getting off the hook. No, Hillary Biscay, who are our smash fest queen founder, your coach. She, uh, and I and Neil Hoogland, who is also a former professional, ran the swim workout. And the, I was shocked at how many people showed up because it was from 6 to 7 a.m. And the night before had been, you know, our opening keynote with Meredith. And people were up. I, I was up late for me. And, you know, in the morning at 540 in the morning in the lobby, there was a crowd of women ready to go swim. So we went over to the ASU rec center and I mean, we had all different abilities and everyone from, you know, people who are just, you know, not super comfortable in the water to uh, Rachel McBride and Steph Corker, who are professional athletes and Kelly O'Mara from if we were riding and they're in there, you know, tearing it up. So it was a great, you know, great opportunity to get everyone in the same pool. We, um, Hillary treated everyone to bands you know, she made a bunch of bands, which are, you know, rubber bands that you can tie around your ankles to do some band sets. So everyone got a little take home present, whether there was, a, it's kind of the gift that you don't really want. Classic which, Hillary Biscay gift right there. Yes. <laughs> so since we only had an hour, we had to like really give people bang for their buck. So we were doing a lot of bands and a lot of sprinting and 
it was, the energy was awesome. You know, you're at the ASU pool, it's outdoors, you're watching the sunrise and it was an incredible way to start the weekend. And then I know that the run workout with, on the first day was with, uh, Rachel Joyce and Meredith Kessler and they ran around Tempe town Lake. And then on the second day you have, you know, Marilyn Chakota, who we've had on the podcast and recently, you know, is the coach or one of the assistant coaches of the NCAA championship, Arizona sun devils team. She was there. And so she and Rachel McBride led the workout the second day. And I believe they were out doing intervals on Tempe town Lake and Meredith or not Meredith, Marilyn. She knows her way around, um, Tempe town Lake Meredith does as well. She's won that <laughs> Ironman Arizona so many times. So it's kind of cool. It's like a hometown course for them. And then Vicki Ford was there teaching yoga was one of the other options. So everyone got their work, their morning workouts in. I mean, even, um, I actually opted, you know, for the treadmill the second day and the tr- gym was packed. <laughs> I missed the morning run. I, I slept a little late. I, uh, and so, and the gym was packed with women. It was pretty cool. That sounds super fun. And then tell our listeners a little bit. So we know there are, there were professional athletes there. There were some like legendary people and iconic people from women in triathlon history and stuff. Who else was there? Were there, you know, I guess, were people there who maybe didn't come with friends, you know, like what was that atmosphere like? It was, it was a really wide variety of people, all different ages. I think the youngest attendee was probably in her twenties, you know, early twenties. And then the oldest was in her seventies. So a big wide age range, a lot of different experience levels. Again, you have Rachel Joyce, who's been second in Kona and all the way down to, you know, probably beginners. And Rachel even brought up in her presentation where she, one of the things she really wants to see is that we don't say just a sprint because she said that as, you know, as a mom now and as coming back, she's like, sprints are awesome, you know, and she would like to see the sprint as like, you know, this badass event because it is, I mean, a sprint in our sport is still at least an hour long. That's not a hundred yard dash or a 50 free. Right. So I thought that was, that was one I really, really liked. So you have, you know, we had representatives from Ironman there. We had rep, you know, race directors. We had women who are coaches, women who are athletes. And one woman who I talked to, she had never actually like stayed in a hotel room by herself and she came. So that was really cool. And we had a networking event, but honestly, I don't even know if we necessarily needed it because everywhere I looked, people were chatting. They were sitting down together at breakfast and talking. They were going out of their comfort zone and meeting new people and making connections. In one of the breakout sessions, a woman talked about how that just the day before she had asked another woman to be her mentor. And she was like, she struck up that conversation. So it was definitely a, uh, an event for everyone. There was a guy there, Jeremy Howard, a man who coaches women. Shout out to Jeremy. Yeah. He came to learn. And Stacey Sims, who was one of the presenters actually asked me, she was like, who is that guy? She's like, I'm so impressed, you know, that he came. And I think he really wanted to learn from Stacey and learn about menstrual cycles and about periods and about, I guess it was the same thing. Well, no, they're not not exactly the same thing, but learn about women's hormones as even though he's male, but he coaches women and yeah, that's impressive. I mean, that's super impressive for a male coach to go that far because it is important and it's half the population, you know, is or half of your, I mean, a lot of times, at least that's our goal to have half of the athlete population being women. And so it's, it's important for men to know these things as well. Yeah, I think so. And Jeremy, you know, if you're listening, we would love to get your feedback too on the summit as the male listeners and hopefully or male listener. And hopefully we could get some other guys to be coming in future years with you. Because again, Haley, like you said, it's super important for men who are coaching women, honestly, just men who are married to a woman or are friends with a woman who trains for triathlon. Like all of these things are just so, you know, important for us all to be aware of at the very least. And to have some kind of level of, you know, an understanding, I think that is there on some of these topics. So If people weren't paying too much attention over the weekend, definitely go to the Iron Women Facebook page because we actually did a lot of live interviews with people throughout the weekend. And a lot of that is up on the Facebook page for you to watch and take in. And we're going to take some of those and uh, walk you through uh, about four of 
the interviews that are up there and some of Haley's standout moments. And we'll talk about some of just the, the gems from the weekend. So I guess we'll get right into it, Haley. So the first interview that we'll talk about is you actually interviewing Iron Women's own Ashley Wiles. I did do an interview with Ashley. I wanted to showcase Ashley because Ashley does a lot for Iron Women podcast and she does all the live coverage and, you know, has traveled to Kona several times with Sarah and Ashley isn't a pro triathlete, right? She doesn't have that necessarily following, but she knows so, or that background, but she knows so much about professional Iron Women. And I think it's really impressive. So I wanted to learn more about Ashley and why she does this. You know, why, why does she think, you know, the women need more coverage and why does she travel all the way to Lake Placid and Dakota and to Ironman Arizona and even to the summit and do so much work and also how she can do like 20 interviews over two days with 20 different women and come up with those questions because you and I know this, like when we prep for an interview, it's a lot of work. So I really wanted to know how she could possibly do that because it exhausts me just watching her, but we'll, uh, we'll play this interview where I interview Ashley and I, like Alyssa said, if we only could pick a couple for the podcast this week, a couple interviews to showcase, but all of them are fantastic. So go on the Iron Woman Facebook page under videos. There is like a folder for Outspoken Summit 2018, and you can just sit there and watch all of them. They're fairly short, but they are super inspiring, and they'll give you a little bit of a snapshot of what the summit was like more than what we can just showcase here on the podcast. Okay, let's listen to you talking to Ashley. Hi, I'm Haley Chura, and I'm here from the Iron Woman podcast filling in for Ashley a little bit um, on the Iron Women Live Facebook coverage of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit presented by Triathlete Magazine. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors, Women for Tri, Core Sports, Cadence Running Company, Feedback Sports, Stack, and Adesso, as well as Live Feisty and Shift Sports. I wanted to do a quick interview with Ashley Wiles, who you've probably seen if you've been watching any of these videos. She's done pretty much every single interview and I really want to know how she did it. So Ashley, for someone who doesn't know how you got involved with Iron Woman Podcast and Live Feisty, can you tell me how you got involved? Yeah. So actually, Sarah Gross was my coach like a couple of years ago when I first started. So when I, my second Ironman, I guess. And I first met her, like I was crossing this finish line at a triathlon and she was there with her daughter, who you guys know from the podcast, Rosie. And they were both handing out medals at the finish line. And I was like, and somebody was like, oh, she's a pro triathlete. And I was like, new to the sport, right? I was like, she's the coolest person I've ever met, ever. <laughs> like, totally geeked out. We became friends. <laughs> um, forced friendship. And, um, and then um, she started coaching me. And um, later on, we were like, what? Uh, Sarah wanted to start her own company. And I was like, well, you know, like, we should do live coverage for Iron Man because they do, like, a really crap job. This was last year before Iron, Woman, Iron Man Live. And we should just like go to the women's race and like fully cover the race and see what happens. And Sarah was like, I think that's against the law. Like, I don't think we should. Like, she's like really cautious. And I was like, be a rebel. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> and so, and so we did, we covered like the entire like Whistler 2017 women's race um, at Ironman. And we had like, we were live pretty much for like 12 hours. We had no idea what we were doing. We were using like our iPhone to like basic, basic technology, like less than now. <laughs> um, and that's that's how I got involved is just like kind of pushing Sarah a little bit to like try this out. And, um, she was already doing the Iron Woman podcast. So it kind of just all came together. And, and so now I just like follow her around and do more lives. <laughs> and you're fantastic at it. That's such a cool story. Just how you came up with this idea, you partnered with someone and then made it happen. And you start with Whistler 2017. Yeah. We saw you in Kona 2017. Yeah. We saw you in Lake Placid yeah. 2018, Kona again, 2018. I believe you even did media coverage at Tremblant and Arizona. Yeah. So you've been all over the place. So it's really grown. Have you noticed any changes and any different reactions from people now? Yeah. In the last eight months, I've been to six and a half, six and one half Ironmans. So I, yeah, I've been to like a lot of races. And so obviously Ironman does a better job of their live coverage now. Like I, I feel like Sarah and I were like the catalysts to like Ironman doing a better job of their live coverage. So, but you know, 
you could have your own opinion. And and so it's really cool that they do such better coverage now. Um, obviously, like they cover the, like the top three, and they don't cover like the rest of the race. And that's like pretty much equal for men and women. There's just l sometimes a little bit more change in the race for the men, and so we only see like really those top two contenders or top three contenders in in the races that are covered um, by the Ironman Live. But of course, like there's tons of races, like there was two Ironmans today in Western Australia as well as in Mar del Plata, and neither one of them had like any media coverage um, for the women. In Australia, a little bit from WhatsApp, but um, like nothing, nothing else, like no live at all. So, you know, it's still unfortunate that we can't see the women's races. We don't know really what's happening. Um, even today, the tracker was down, so, or the tracker wasn't down for the, Argentina race, but it only showed the top 10 women, so I didn't even know that there was actually 15 women in the race, um, which like got everybody in a, in a little tizzy. And, and you know so much. I mean, I've watched some of your interviews here at the Outspoken Summit, and how are you able to, you know so much about everyone, and you know so much about the pro women, and it's impressive. Oh, like, you. do you just sit at home doing research? Are you a genius? Like, what draws you to these people, and how do you, you know, how do you get all this information out there. <laughs> Thank you. I do my research like 10 seconds before we go online. Um, I never write down any of my questions. It's more like just, like just candid. And like I think people like to talk about themselves. Like people really want to tell you who they are and why they are the way they are. And um, if you give them that space and that safety to actually like you know, make it comfortable. I mean, we obviously do uncomfortable things like dancing or um, you know, hula dancing in Kona or um, what, line dancing in Texas. Like we sometimes do like funny, weird things. Um, and that's part of our brand, right? Is like taking it like not into tr traditional media and like sitting down and saying like, these are the standard questions. Um, but just having a conversation because I think that women have so much to share and want to share and want to create community and need more support. So I'm a mental health advocate and I'm just like so Mental health and just having support and um, community is so important to me at all levels, um, whether you're a pro or, you know, a kindergartner. Like, it's, you all, everybody needs it. So that's my, that's my goal in life. And have there been any interviews that you've done here at the summit that have really stood out to you? Can you name a couple? Yeah, so our like Iron Women brand is owned by Live Feisty Media, and um, I think the feistiest person here in this entire conference was um, Sally Edwards. She is just so feisty, right? <laughs> and um, it was incredible to see like, like, yeah, I just I've never met somebody so feisty. She was like, go get after it, and you know, take that money and ask for money, and you know, don't be apologetic. And I feel like our like we need more people like that. Um, and kind of catches you off guard. You're like, whoa, like, can I handle this? Or like, is that okay? And you question yourself and your values and your morals. And you're like, yeah, no, I can, right? And how how are we willing? Actually, like, there's lots of steps to being like as feisty as Sally, I think. And you might not be like quite at that top level step yet. But like, you know, what kind of steps can you take towards like getting there? So. I love it. We might have to tag that episode with you and Sally Edwards onto the this week's Iron Woman podcast because. It is a fantastic one. She is a fantastic speaker and a pioneer in our sport. So stay tuned. And Ashley, if we, I imagine that your full-time job is not Ironman podcasting, following Ironmans around, even though you've done six and a half Ironmans this year, that's not your full-time job. What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis and where can we follow you? Yeah, I'll also say like just one more thing about that was like Stacey Sims. Um, also, her interview was like fantastic. Our, my interview, obviously, but <laughs> also like her talk here at Outspoken was like incredible. Um, so like on a daily basis, I actually run Soul Girls, which is empowerment for girls ages five to 12. And uh, we run empowerment programs, teaching girls to love their bodies, have fun being physically active and connect them with role models and mentors. And so I have like lots of missions in life and one is mental health. Another one is like really just proving to women that they can do it, you know, whether it's in business or in, in their own mental health or um, just like being that role model for girls. Because I think we we all have a job to do, and that's raising confident, um, the next confident generation. And so, you know, you, Haley, obviously, you're a role model just by like showing up and living your dreams. That's hard to do, right? And so, I love being around the pro women because I'm like, you're living your dream. That is so cool, and it's so difficult. It's challenging mentally and physically, and um, and I think that's why we need media coverage for that. In my job, like I get to meet women from all sorts of you know walks of life, and I think that we all have um, you know, unique stories. And and yeah, I just want to tell those. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for all that you do. I can say that from my vantage point, you are definitely a role model. And everyone, be sure to go follow Soul Girls, S-O-L-E Girls, on Instagram and Twitter and all the social media because we want to keep creating those great role models and support Ashley. Soul so. underscore girls. 
Oh, soul underscore girls. So at, we'll we'll put it in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> Jessica will put it in the uh, in the Facebook page. And again, if you don't know, Jessica is behind the camera, and Jessica Cooper, who is our incredible cinematographer, so has been doing all the all these episodes all weekend. So if you're just seeing this one by chance, is your first one, go to the Iron Woman Facebook page, look at all of them. It was an incredible weekend, so inspiring. And it gets me excited for the future. Yeah. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Me too. Okay. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Haley. Haley, I have to say, I'm thanking you, and I bet our listeners are too, for kind of flipping the script and letting us have some of a window into who Ashley is, because you're right. She's been holding the microphone and been the source of like all this energy and knowledge and entertainment for us through so many Iron Man. And like now it's just great to know more about the woman that she is. Yes. And like I said, we are very thankful for Ashley and Jessica, who was behind the camera all weekend and Jessica Cooper and also does a lot of our social media here on the podcast. So big thank you to those women. And Ashley did mention the interview with Sally Edwards that really stood out to her when she, when she was doing her live interviews. And if you aren't familiar with Sally Edwards, she's a pioneer in our sport. She was, as I mentioned in the intro, the fourth woman ever to finish an Ironman. And she actually wrote the first book ever on triathlon. And one of the pieces in her, in her talk in the, um, at the summit was that she said, every woman should write a book. Even if you self publish it, even if only you and your mom read it. Every woman should write a book. And that was one of the challenges she, she laid out for us. So I really wanted to include Sally's interview and that is coming up right here. Good morning, feisty friends. I'm Ashley here live from the Outspoken Summit. We are here in Tempe, Arizona. It is beautiful outside and I am so lucky this morning because I get to talk with the very, very inspirational Sally Edwards. Um, I'm just going to give you a few fun facts about Sally. I am... I, I just get like so excited when I when I think about all the things she's done. Okay, so let's start in 1978. She did her very first uh, race, a triathlon race, and since then she's completed over 150 dance skin triathlons, probably over 200 races, and you have started about six different businesses, including public speaking, your own um, public speaking business. And oh gosh, what am I missing? And she makes that's a good, point. Okay. Uh, this one's important to me. This one's okay. important to me. Okay. She makes a point of finishing as the last finisher in the Danskin triathlons, which I, so you've gone from like the highest level all the way to the last finisher. Yes, it's called from first to worst. So, and the worst is the much, much better place than the first. So, and the reason is, is because particularly women, no one wants to be last. And if you, somebody will hold up their hand and volunteer to be last, then the, our, we doubled the number of entries in our races because there's this factor of fear and intimidation that women have gotten, and reasonably so. We live in a kind of a violent society and a violence against women. And it's, you know, we need to get strong and fit and stand up. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Well, I'm so excited to see you speak today at the Outspoken Summit. And um, I just want to talk to you like kind of three different questions. You know, what brought you here? And let's start there. What brought you to the Outspoken Summit? Oh, you know, Lisa called me and Sarah on the phone and said, you know, would you be willing to volunteer and come? And, you know, triathlon is what I love. It's my sport. It's uh, I was an ultra marathoner before and raced professionally. And to give back to your sport, I think, and give back to your life and society and others is really important to do. Amazing. Amazing. And, um, and so, yeah, and you, you obviously do that in so many different ways. And so what keeps you motivated? I mean, that's so many races and so much time. What, like, really gets you excited about, like, women in sport? So I'm 71 years old. I've been racing for 40 years and will continue as long as I possibly can. And I really just love performance. I think that word performance is really, really important and that we all include it in our lives. And, you know, how could I, and I, performance is me against me. How do I be a better person? How do I grow to be stronger and fitter? And particularly as we all age and all of us do age, what does that look like and how does it feel? And I just think that you need to get stronger and fitter every single year. Cool. Cool. And so what are you going to be talking about here while you have the mic? 
Uh, I'm going to talk because I have such a big legacy in triathlon, doing a lot of first things. Uh, I wrote the first book. I did the, we had the first and largest triathlon series. I started USA Triathlon Association as one of the founders. I wrote the rules for the sport. I started the first retail stores in triathlon. And from all of that background and experience, and now where I've gone to take that in business, I think it's really important that women start to take control and start to run the sport of triathlon and that's about power and that's about money and that's about numbers and I think when we put the, this formula together uh, our, our way of running the world and running our sport is entirely different than the, the you know the prominence that we have I mean, it's a white male sport and it's their days are limited Amazing. That's so many, so, so many, so much good stuff I want to like dig into there, but we only have a couple of minutes. So selfishly, I'm going to take this question for me. My mom is about to do her first triathlon. She's 69 years old. And what advice, she's probably watching. Hi, mom. What advice would you give to my mom who's just starting and she's like already like, holy moly, I'm, I'm going to be turning 70. What, you know, what, can I do this? Yeah, so always the first thing I will always say is train. Because, you know, buying a bike two weeks ago and hopping on and trying to do a triathlon is not what our sport is about. Our, our sport is really about uh, training, being smart, reading, learning, growing, being fit, and to do all the distances ahead of time. So do the distance of the open water swim, do the distance of the bike. Not all in one day, necessarily, but that gives you the confidence, well, if I can do this, this, and this, I can finish this triathlon. And, and if she can get a good coach and join a club, that's even better. Cool. Um, I'll ask you one more thing. How does this translate to business? Because six businesses is a lot of businesses to start uh, for for one person. Is it is it a lot of businesses? I don't know. I seem like I'm supposed to have one business, and I'm like, this is a lot of work. <laughs> so um, you've started six businesses. What? How does the what you've learned in triathlon translate to business? So there's two things I'd really like women to do more of, and that's to be aggressive and assertive. And when you use those words, particularly with women, we want to be polite and respectful. And you can be polite and respectful, but if you want to, you know, focus on a goal and get there, then you have to put yourself in the leadership role. You have to put yourself first. You have to get really uh, laser focused on where you're going and how you're going to get there. So it's time for us to step up the plate and drop this politeness and being, you know, nice to everybody and let's let's get the job done so feisty so feisty Sally we've like we love having you here we're so excited thank you for taking this time to chat with us you guys if you have any questions for Sally you can just type them below and give us some love because we really appreciate that and um, if you can't be here you can always sign up for the next outspoken conference coming up next year and if you want to start sport or you're inspired by Sally you can do that and let us know which one you signed up for um, in the meantime like this video please share it with all your friends and we will see you soon bye well, Haley, I heard from some others that Sally Edwards is a bit of a firecracker. And so I think that can be confirmed with this. But also, fun fact, I believe she was fourth. I think I think you did some digging and know that she's fourth at Western States, too. So fun fact, I mean, not too many people have crossed over between Ironman ultra running and that kind of thing. And she is a trailblazer across all fronts. So super, super cool that you got to, you know, interact with her this weekend and well, fourth, fourth, not fourth place, the fourth woman to ever finish that race, which is, I think, and I think she might've won Leadville. I didn't, I don't know if I have my stats there, but like, that's, what's so incredible. It wasn't that she got fourth. Like she was the fourth woman to ever do that race. And I think she actually started in ultra running and then moved into triathlon. So everyone ha that's like you, you're like the next Sally I Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything I could live up to in my life, if, if it's that, then I will be a very happy woman. I'll tell you that much, Haley. And the third interview for our listeners that we have today is another one with Ashley. She is interviewing Dr. Gold, who is the founder of Shiro. And Haley, I believe that over the weekend you got to partake in a breakout session with her, right? So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Dr. Shauna Payne Gold. She, like you said, is the founder of Shiro Athletics and she led a panel on, or not a panel, but just a breakout session on inclusivity and diversity with Lisa Ingerfield, who was one of the co-founders of the summit. And it was a fascinating panel because they talk about, you know, the difference between 
actively including someone rather than just, you know, passively excluding them and how we, as you know, triathletes need to work harder to actively include include, you know, just additional groups, the people who don't look like us, because that is going to make the sport stronger. And, and that includes, you know, it's just women of color, women who, you know, just with physical disabilities, with, you know, LGBT community, all, everyone, like we need to do a better job of actively including them. And it, you know, it's at races, it's in bike shops, it's at the swimming pool, it's, you know, everywhere. And I think it, it's not just limited to triathlon, obviously, but this was specific to triathlon and it was a fascinating session. So we wanted everyone to hear from Dr. Gold here on the podcast. And here is her chat with Ashley. Wahoo is dedicated to the journey of every athlete from a sprint to Ironman. Wahoo is with you every pedal stroke, every stride, and every trying moment with the commitment to make you better. As endurance athletes themselves, Wahoo provides an ecosystem of products, including Kicker Smart Trainers, Element Bike Computers, and Ticker Heart Rate Monitors to provide exactly what you need to reach the finish line and smash your training goals. This is Ashley. We are reporting live for the Outspoken Summit presented by Triathlete Magazine. I'm super excited to be here with Dr. Shauna Pangold. We are going to be chatting with her. I just want to thank our sponsors one more time for um, putting on this event because they are amazing and we could not be here without them. They are Core Sports, Live Feisty, Shift Sports, Feedback Sports, and Adeco and Stack. We could not be here without you. I really appreciate it. Dr. Shauna, do you go by Dr. Gold or Dr. Shauna? Dr. Gold, my supervisor actually pegged me as Dr. Gold. He was there when I defended my dissertation, so he got the right to name me, I guess. <laughs> Dr. Gold, tell me, why are you here at Outspoken? Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually referred. So Sika Henry is uh, one of our up-and-coming African-American triathletes who's attempting to go pro, and we're all behind her 100%. And so they were seeking to have a session that specifically talked about diversity and inclusion and equity and how we can make the sport more equitable for both women in general, but also specific underrepresented populations. And so I was brought on board, asked to sit in on some of the planning process, and I was asked to talk a little bit about how to be more inclusive. And so I was brought on board to do a presentation tomorrow. Amazing. And what are you going to be talking about? So uh, Lisa and I will be specifically, the co-founder, by the way, um, uh, we'll be talking specifically about making sure that triathlon is both inclusive and excellent. Um, I think sometimes we think because we're bringing in underrepresented populations who may have had less access to triathlon that that may um, inhibit the brand of triathlon when in fact it's going to augment the brand. And so we'll be talking about uh, different ways where we see some microaggressions, if you will, uh, small ways in which people are disenfranchised from triathlon and how we can uh, work against that uh, microaggression to make sure that people all feel welcome. Very cool, very cool. And um, what is the one thing maybe that we can do to be more welcoming to people? Mm, I think the biggest challenge with uh, being inclusive and being welcoming is that lots of folks assume that because we are not uh, intentionally excluding people that we are actually actively including. And those are two different things. Um, I've gone to many triathlons where it might have been 2,000, maybe 3,000 athletes, and I might have been one of five athletes of color visibly that I could see. Um, And so for me, that has been a major challenge. And so I have been aware of people that I've raced with that have said, oh, of course we're welcoming and inclusive and we want everyone to be here. Um, However, the active steps to making that happen really haven't been seen. So I think making sure that we're in marketing, of course, so that we see ourselves. So when I see that Facebook ad that comes across that looks like me, I'm like, yeah, I want to give you my money to sign up for this race. But then too, I also think that also other ways of making folks feel welcome. Um, If people need to have a different type of attire to race in, make sure that that's actually um, approved by whatever race community that you're with. Also making sure that people um, are not excluded just because they may not have the means to race. You do not need the $10,000 bike to race any race, frankly. Uh, If you'd like to have one, that's your prerogative, but you don't necessarily need it. Totally, Um, totally. My first bike was like, uh, like a... 
<laughs> somebody gave me a bike to do my first yeah. triathlon and it yeah. was like a large and like the, it was I wore my running shoes Heavy. yeah right like yeah everybody has a first bike story oh yeah absolutely um I had a I don't even think it was 300 bucks but it was a very heavy hybrid that I had flat bar I loved that bike I mean I was just so proud of that bike and the only reason why I bought that lower end bike was because I wasn't sure if I was going to fall in love with triathlon didn't want to kind of spend the money I did one triathlon hated that bike after that point and <laughs> decided to spend the money on a little bit more you know I got a road bike a little more expensive but that was after I fell in love with it and I didn't mind spending the money but yeah Amazing. And I recently, like right before we went live, you were telling me also that you're creating an inclusivity on in your own community too, with mm. um, like your own, with teaching swimming and yeah, empowering, yeah. because you have a story on like yeah. how you didn't know how to swim. Tell me that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did not know how to swim either. Um, I uh, started learning how to swim when I was actually pre pregnant with my uh, four-year-old son. Uh, um, I was pregnant with him at the time. I didn't know how to swim, but I wanted triathlon to be on my horizon. So I signed myself and my training partner up for beginner adult lessons at the time. And, she's and like, your son. Right, exactly. And my son. So the three of us uh, went to swim. And so um, I signed us up. We started taking the adult classes. I really didn't even like putting my face in the water at all. Just basic things I didn't want to do. Um, and learned how to swim while I was pregnant with him. Was really, really challenged after I had him because I found out that I wasn't as buoyant afterward. Um, so being pregnant and learning how to swim is fantastic. Um, and so anyhow. I that is good it. news. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's big. Huge. And especially when you have to run less, because I was a runner before that. I ran up to about six months or so, and I just couldn't put the pressure on my knees and legs and bladder anymore um, and started swimming more. And so for me, it just became a in-between for me until I had my son. And so please tell me your son is a swimmer now. Both, both of my sons are my seven-year-old and my four-year-old are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There you go. Well, if you swim when you're pregnant, it's they just come easier out swimming. I'm telling you, they do. It's <laughs> it's just easier for them, and they have no fear at all either. And so after that, I got into triathlon. Um, I actually had my first DNF at my first open water swim because I was just so afraid. I had been swimming in open water forever with friends, but just in that moment, I just couldn't do it. Redeemed myself later, but I just attacked it. You know, I think that's the part of failure, that's a good thing. You just start attacking it. Um, and got the master's, U.S. master's swimming coach certification. And then I had lots of friends who were saying, please teach me how to swim. And I kept sending them to my coach and they said, no, I want you to teach me. Um, and so then I went and got the adult learn to swim certification uh, to work with other folks. Amazing. Yeah. So awesome. Dr. Gold, thank you so much yeah. for being here with us. So and um, have you had any like aha moments at the conference so far? Mm, I think my biggest aha moment for me was this morning when we really talked about the goal setting piece. And I think the challenge becomes that, uh, let's be clear, and all the research tells us that triathletes are very smart. Um, <laughs> um, they're, they're smart, they're educated, you know, all these different things. And I think sometimes we become so smart that we kind of talk ourselves out of our goal. Um, and so I think the big thing is absolutely to set that big, scary, hairy goal, you know, set up a strategy and make it happen and to stop talking ourselves out of it. Um, I think that's extremely important. I think Julie Moss really lent herself to that quite a bit this morning during the panel. Amazing. Cool. Dr. Yeah. Gold, thank you so much for joining us You're here welcome. at the conference and here live on Facebook. Um, friends, if you love Dr. Gold and you love me and you love Live Feisty, <laughs> please share this video. Give it a thumbs up. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. Bye. Okay, Haley, I have to admit that this next one for our listeners is probably my favorite pick of watching everything unfold through the weekend. And you know, you and I are both pretty plugged in politically in our communities and in our nation. And this was like super exciting moment to see you talking to Senator elect Kirsten Cinema. So how what was that even like for you? Alyssa, I was so nervous. And and you know, we interview a lot of people. I've I've over the past year and a half that we've been doing this podcast, I've gotten more and more comfortable with interviews, but most of the interviews we do are over Skype or over the phone. And it is a little bit different to interview someone in person and I believe when Kirsten, you know, committed to coming to the summit, it was prior to her Senate race and then she, she won. And I think we were all like, is she still going to come? You know, like, cause you have to understand, we understand she's super busy and she did, she came and she gave this incredible speech. And if you know, when you have the opportunity to hear someone give, it was just a really, really good speaker, get up in front of everyone and give 
this amazing speech and you're so inspired. And then you have to ask them questions after that. I was like, Oh no. Um, and her time is precious. So I was, you know, I was on it, but thank you again to Ashley who did our previous interviews because Ashley helped me prep actually like practice with Ashley and gave me some really good feedback and, you know, and filmed the episode to put, or the interview to put it online. So it's on our Facebook page, but it was a rush. And, and I came away, you know, incredibly grateful for having someone like Kirsten in our sport and now in our U S Senate. Hello, feisty friends. My name is Ashley. We are live at the Outspoken Summit here in Tempe, Arizona. We are so excited because this is our first ever conference. We're here with our co-host for Iron Women podcast, Haley Chura, and she's going to be doing this incredible interview. But I just wanted to introduce our sponsors and thank you guys so much for making this happen for us, which is Triathlete Magazine, Curse Sports, Women for Try, Stack, Shift Sports, Feedback Sports, Cadence Running, Adeco, as well as Live Feisty. You that was a lot. It's a lot of people. That's awesome. And, and that's so many people involved that just makes this 100% better. So I'll let Haley introduce our next guest who is so incredible and has so many accolades and just has already spoken and told us um, her story, which you can catch on our Instagram, more of it, because it's very, very inspiring. Haley, thank you so much for doing this interview. Ah, thank you, Ashley. <laughs> All right. I'm here with Senator-elect Kirsten Sinema. That and sounds good. Kirsten, congratulations <laughs> you. on your U.S. Senate seat win. Thank you. So I have to ask, you, uh, your race didn't end on Election Day. You right. actually continued for a week while yeah. votes were being counted. You mentioned in your speech that this is nothing new for you. That's right. But to me, that sounds like training for an Ironman, crossing the finish line, and then waiting a week to get the results. How did you handle that, and what did you do? Well, we actually already knew what was going to happen. So we had done a really good job of communicating with voters over the course of about a year and a half. And I knew where my support was within the community. And so on election night, we were down by about 17,000 votes. But I knew there were over half a million votes left to count. And I knew what those votes were. And so um, I got up the next morning and went for my regular run and then went shopping and got a massage. It was fine. We knew that we were going to win the election. And I was patient. I was happy to wait because I wanted every vote to be counted. But also, I think triathlon training prepared me for that because sometimes when you're training for a long distance race, things don't go exactly to plan. Actually, pretty much always. And the greatest skill you can have as a triathlete is the mental strength to manage the tops, you know, the turns and the unexpected things that happen during a race. And when you're running for Senate, it's the same. And so I was prepared, and it was fine. I love it. The patience and mental strength, it pays off in all areas of Always. life. Always. So you have a lot of firsts that come with your win. You're the first female senator from Arizona. You are the first openly bisexual U.S. senator. And your race was also the first between two iron women, as you and Martha McSally are both Kona finishers. Do all these firsts add extra pressure? Not at all. I actually don't care about them at all. What I do every day is just get up to try and do the very best job I can do for my state. I try to be the very best person I can be, so I'm always working on self-improvement, both you know, in my own personal growth and education, certainly trying to become a better athlete, and now I just want to be the best senator I can be. So I actually don't think at all about being the first. I just think about trying to be the best. And we saw in the U.S. midterm elections that there were a record number of female yes. candidates for governor, for U.S. House, for U.S. Senate. And for the first time in history in 2019, there will be more than 100 women who are in the U.S. House of Representatives. What do you think is driving, you know, the increased female participation in politics? And do you think there's something we can learn from that and take it into triathlon? Yes. So I think across the country, women were just fed up of seeing people who are making decisions that didn't help them or their families or their communities. And so women were stepping up to the plate. They were no longer waiting to be recruited to run. Now, in, in past years, the data showed that men would often wake up one morning and decide that they were qualified and ready to run for office, whereas women undervalued their own skills and talents and thought that they weren't highly qualified or that they couldn't do the job, when in reality, they were more qualified. And so historically, women often waited for someone to ask them to run for office. But if you do that, you'll never get anywhere. Uh, no one asked me to run. And so now what you see across the country are women 
who aren't waiting to be asked. They're just getting fed up and they're standing up and doing it. And the reason women are winning in such large numbers is because women are superior candidates. They work very, very hard. They're not interested in being fancy or on TV or getting credit. They're just worried about getting the work done. And what we saw across the country from state house races all the way up to governor's houses, to the United States Senate and in Congress, were women who outworked their opponents and just focused on the really practical hard work of earning the support of the people you want to represent. And women are good at doing that because we seek compromise, we seek understanding, and I think that leaves voters to trust us more. And do you have any advice for women who might be thinking about getting running for public office for the first time? Absolutely do it. That's my number one piece of advice is do it. Number two, I would say reach out in your local community because there's probably a program that can help you learn how to prepare to run for office. There's an organization called Emily's List that helps women get prepared to run for office. There's an organization called Emerge. And, on, and that's a nonpartisan organization. And there's also organizations um, from the party I don't represent that helps train women to run for public office. So find one of those programs, get involved in it. And then the second thing I would say is volunteer for a woman in your community who already holds public office. She can offer you advice, you can model your campaign after her, and you can see that it's doable and it's workable. So those are the things that I would give the best advice for. And the third thing I would say is um, don't be afraid. If someone tells you you can't do it, well, I love it when people tell me I can't do things because then I'm like, oh, now I have to do it twice, right? Like I'm more motivated to do it. But often there are many women who are told they can't do something or shouldn't do something. You should never listen to those people, ever, ever, ever. You should always go do what your dream is because you can. All right, don't be afraid, get after it. Thank you so much, Kirsten. So much. Thank you so much for speaking here and telling us so much to inspire us to get out and be active in our triathlon communities and in our regular communities. Awesome. Thank Thanks you. So well, Haley, I have to say that I think our, I don't know what episode we're on, probably like 80 something now, right? So I think they must have prepped you well because you absolutely nailed it. You did such a great job with those questions. I really, I could watch her speak probably all day, but I love how she talks about when you ask for advice for women who want to run for something in their local offices or politically or whatever. And, you know, she gave some tips there and volunteering for another women's campaign. And again, I just think that these themes you, that we see through triathlon and sport, like clearly carries over into things like politics in the real world. So it was, it's, it's really cool that she is an iron woman and we had that connection to bring her to the outspoken summit. And again, thank huge, huge, huge. Thank you for her to make time to do that and to talk to you guys. I think that was just incredible. It was. And, and like you said, one of the big themes of the weekend was women lifting other women up. And, and one other thing that Kirsten mentioned was in her campaign, they used the acronym GSD for get shit done. And that was something that I think resonated with all of us. And we're all like, you know, saying that to each other afterwards, like get shit done, GSD. And so I think that kind of, as we wrap up this podcast and wrap up our, you know, discussion about the summit, it is, what do we do? You know, what are these next steps? And I mean, one of the big takeaways I, I took away, and I think Sally Edwards would definitely echo this is, you know, money has power and you're purchasing power does is like a vote. And I think a lot of us already do that, but I mean, it's that conscious consumerism, you know, supporting women owned companies, supporting the women who make the time to go to this summit because it shows that they, they value women's voices. They value equality. They're going to work for active inclusion. And, and of course we are always thankful for people who, who vote with their time and listen to the podcast because we do track those numbers and we use that to get sponsors and hopefully, you know, are able to continue to do this and bring more media attention to female athletes. I love that. And Haley, another takeaway, I think for everyone, um, our listeners or people who were at the summit and those of us who are at home as well, I think I saw this on our editor, Aaron Hamilton's social media, and I'm sure it ties in with that thought and that concept Dr. Gold had of, you know, actively including people, you know, or not excluding people is different from actively including them. And to get ourselves to that point where we are actively 
including them and keeping our the awareness of those two being different kind of in the forefront of things as we go on our everyday lives or go to that next race. And Erin mentioned one of the things that she thinks about with that is kind of being willing to start a conversation or, you know, go and support someone who might feel a little bit of that exclusion that could be out there in our sport. And so I think that is a really great challenge to everyone to think about as we're, you know, either going to our last races of the season this weekend or doing some, you know, winter running events, or I've seen people on social media doing swim meets through the winter, things that we all do in the off season. It's a great time to start building that habit of looking for people who might just want someone to talk to and might not have that group or that community yet within triathlon and you can give that to them and it's super simple and it's free so that is a really huge 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 impact that we all can have in the sport as soon as we can and I do think that's something that it benefits the person you're talking to. And it also benefits you because there's something great about forcing yourself out of your comfort zone and going and meeting someone. There were a lot of times during the weekend where I did, I sat down at breakfast with someone I didn't know and I got to know them and I learned something and I came away in a better spot than I was before that interaction. So I guess it's kind of like the Shalane factor, you know, where it's like you help others and it helps you, <laughs> but, um, definitely a great point from both you and Aaron. And I think the third takeaway that I saw and the Meredith Kessler keynote opening speech had definitely a, a more than one quotable, you know, lines in that, that people were tweeting out to us. And one of them was along the lines that failure is gold, right? And so that can be such a teaching moment and a learning moment for people and for women, especially. And Haley, I'm, I'm guessing that one of her like thoughts with that, right. Was that often women are maybe more afraid to fail or, you know, often don't attempt things that they don't feel prepared for, but they're actually like impact fact over-prepared for, or something like that. Right. And that's something we heard, heard Kirsten Cinema say in her, you know, in her interview where she was like women running for political office think they're underqualified and they're actually overqualified. And I think it can be applied to triathlon. It's yeah, it's exactly what we hear Meredith saying. You take that risk and yeah, it might not happen. You might fail, but if you learn from that failure, it's gold. It is like gold. And, uh, Meredith always full of so much wisdom everyone at this, at this summit was full of so much wisdom and it's, we were, yeah, we are very fortunate. And I am, I'm taking a te- you know, step back and looking at some of the events in, you know, recent months <laughs> that I might've considered a failure and making sure I'm learning from that. And, you know, and being like, okay, yes, that process sucked. Failing hurts, you know, it's terrible, but it, you can learn from a lot and I will continue to do what I can to take those risks. And because next time it might work out and I might realize that I was, you know, overqualified and I'm ready for this. So cool, Haley. Well, thank you. I know you're probably a little bit exhausted from that weekend of everything going on and then getting yourself to Palm Springs and all of that. So we'll let you go now and rest up. I think we both have, I'm going to get to see you in person this weekend so we can catch up and further the discussion uh, at Indian Wells. And so for anyone of our listeners who is also racing with us, please come up and introduce yourself, say hi to us. You know, maybe I'm sure Haley and I will be chatting probably before the race or something. So find us. <laughs> yes, of course. Please find us that I do love it when people come up and say hello. I loved it at the summit when people came up and said, you know, I listened to the podcast. I think Maxine, one of the women I met, she actually checked in right after me. And she said it was so funny because I was like talking to people at registration and she was like, I just listened to you talk for two hours and now you're here. And um, so I do. I We love it when uh, when people come up and say hello. So yeah. I think there were a couple of people at the summit who will be in Indian Wells. So we will get some overlap there and I'm looking forward to seeing you, Alyssa. Safe travels. It's wonderful here. I can't wait till you get here. Thanks, Haley. I'll see you soon. And you know, the closing note, we'll just say one last huge congratulations to Sarah and Lisa, um, for putting this all together, making this go year one. Uh, I think it just went absolutely great. And they found, they found something that I think people are asking for and I'm excited to see where this goes from here in the future years and also thank you to Aaron and Triathlete Magazine uh, being presenting the summit with um, sponsorship was a huge thing and they took a chance from the very beginning and I, I know 
I really appreciate that. And I think um, our listeners I would like too, to add. It's, it's great. I do want to add that Aaron Barasini, the editor-in-chief of Triathlete Magazine and now editing director, editorial director of Pocket Outdoor Media, um, she put on a summit slam, a poetry slam one evening, and it was incredible. It was one of the – I didn't perform, but it was incredible. There are some talented women in this sport outside of – you know, they can do a lot more than swim, bike, and run. So thank you to Erin for, for coming up with that idea and having the everyone who had the courage to get up there and perform. It was It was impressive. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Haley, I will see you in a few days and see you in Palm Springs. Bye, Alyssa. This is a special song. It's me and my friend's song that we made ourselves. This song is called Here I Am. Get ready for the chorus. I am here now you cannot take me. I will stand up this whole entire time. I am strong now you cannot beat me. I will stand up because I am here. The Iron Woman Podcast is a live feisty media production. Our hosts are Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chara, and our awesome editors, Aaron Hamilton. Also, we couldn't do this without our sponsors, Wahoo Fitness, FTC Nutrition, and Smash Fest Queen. Oh, <laughs>